Well, now, last week I began to share with you about the importance that we as Christians live 24-7, 365 days a year by faith. The Bible says in Romans 1.17, the just, that's us, shall live by faith every day. We're called to live by faith, not just when we get into trouble, not just when we're facing difficult circumstances, but every day. You know, what I can't comprehend and understand is why more Christians, when things are going good, don't want to lift their voice and praise God. How come when we're going, things seem to be going good, we kind of put God on the back burner? Shouldn't be that way, my friends. We should enjoy worshiping the King all the time. But my goodness gracious, when you're walking out and you see that beautiful sun, sun shining out there, and you look out and you see those beautiful changing of the colors of the trees, and you look out and you, you see the birds and you see the mountains, you should, get, you should be wanting to lift your voice to praise Him. Amen. Glory to God. We're called to live by faith. And I believe most of you already knew that the Bible says that we're to live this way. But I'm convinced that many, if not most, in the body of Christ are not. Why do I say that? Because of the fact that so many Christians are going through this life so frustrated and weighed down by the things that they're facing or going through. Did you hear that? You know, it's quite obvious that many in this world without Christ get up in the morning frustrated, go to work frustrated, come home from work more frustrated, go to bed frustrated, and then get back up frustrated I mean you could watch television today and you could probably find a program on there that's going to try to help people with their frustrations frustrations about their weight frustrations about their finances frustrations about their families frustrations about their relationships frustrations about all kinds of different things let me help you let me help you <laughs> but what's so sad is this is happening right now with so many in the body of Christ. With so many Christians. They're allowing their problems to consume them. And if you're around someone like that, and you know this to be true, it's not long before they're letting you know how hard things are. Nobody knows the troubles I've seen, nobody knows the sorrow. Can you believe? That's the way Christians are so many times. They want to tell everybody that you just don't know how hard things are for me. You just don't know what they said about me. You just don't know how they're treating me at work. You just don't know. And you just don't know what Jesus did for you when he laid down his life. For your sins. Because if you really knew that, then when you, what you're going through, compared to what he went through, kind of, kind of puts things in perspective, doesn't it? We are not to be like those in the world. Yes, they, they, they have those frustrations in their lives. Should we 
be frustrated? Should we go around as the frustrated children of God? Should we be known as those who are complainers and murmurers and grumblers? Frustrated by life. Is that the way we're supposed to let our light shine before all men? (laughs) No. Now let me stop and say something here. And this is important, so I want everybody to be listening. Everybody say, I'm listening. If you fall into this category right now, if you fall into this category, see, I'm scanning the room. I'm not trying to. See, when you preach a lesson like this, you got to make sure that people don't think you're talking about them. Because I'm probably talking about a lot of you in this room. Please do not shut down and stop from being able to receive what God has for you today. Because I guarantee you probably everybody in this room, if not every single one of us, has had to face this challenge in our lives. Have been frustrated before. Has anybody besides me ever been frustrated? Okay, I'm glad that a lot of you are like going, I ain't going to raise my hand on that. I'm passing a call on me then. (laughs) The bottom line is this. Because of God's great love for you and me, He doesn't want us living like that. And he's made a way for us to live in peace and joy and victory instead of one of frustration and worry and defeat. So what is that way? Even our faith. Go with me this morning to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. I know this is kind of unusual because we used to, we're used to having our big screen and the words going up on the screen, but obviously we can't do that in a place that we're temporarily in. But soon, glory to God, you people who don't bring your uh, uh, Bibles are going to be able to look up again. Hallelujah. And I'm not condemning you if you didn't bring your, fo- your, your, your Bible. I said your phone because a lot of people use their phones now for their Bibles. But anyway, 1 John 5, 4 says this in the Amplified. For whatever is born of God. And now stop. Are you born of God? I want everybody to get this. Are you born of God? In other words, are you born again? Have you received Jesus Christ into your heart to be your personal Lord and say, I'm looking through this room and I don't think I'm looking at anybody in here who is not a Christian. I had to be a double take on Kelby. No, He's a child of God. For whatever is born of God, now notice this, I'm reading this from the Amplified, is victorious over the world. Hello? For whatever is born of God, that's me, is what? Victorious over the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. The Passion Translation says it this way. You see, every child of God overcomes the world for our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. I like that. Glory to God. Then uh, listen to this, John 16, from the Amplified. And this is Jesus speaking. In the world, you have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. In this world, You're going to have tribulation. You're going to have trials. You're going to have distress. You're going to have frustration. But. Everybody say but. 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 Everybody say but. 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 Be of good cheer. 
Take courage. Be confident. Be certain. Be undaunted. For I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of its power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Oh, we could dismiss right now and say we had church. Glory to God. What a glorious truth. Glory to God. Can you see how God has set us up to succeed and live victoriously and full of joy and full of peace no matter what we're facing? No matter how hard the challenge gets, no matter how hot the fire's turned up, and it, all it takes is living by faith. All it takes is placing our trust in the one true living God, knowing that He's always there for us, knowing that He always comes through for us. Hallelujah. How do I know this? I've got God's word on it. Did you hear me? I've got God's word on it. And based off of his word, I now have the faith I need to overcome this world. Glory to Jesus. I have faith to overcome this world because of his word. He's spoken to me. And now there ain't nothing I will ever face that I cannot overcome it. That I cannot defeat it. That I cannot come through it victoriously. I, that, glory to God. See, the devil likes to try to come against us, doesn't he? He likes to tell us, you are sorry. You're never going to make it. You're a worthless scum. You're a nobody. You're a loser. He wants you to start to believe that junk. And I'm going to tell you something. There's probably people in this room. And again, I'm not looking at anybody in particular. But there's probably people in this room who dealt with that before you got born again. You dealt with those kinds of thoughts. Because the devil likes to beat us down and make us feel really, really low, doesn't he? He wants you to get discouraged. He wants you to give up on life. Why do you think the the suicide rate is so stinking high right right now? It's ridiculous. Those kinds of things are happening in the world right now. Those kinds of things are happening to people without Christ. But it should not be happening to us as children of God. Because even though we're going to be faced with the exact same kind of things, glory to God, we don't have to get over into fear. We don't have to get over into doubt and worry. We don't have to give up. We don't have to get discouraged. Glory to God, all we got to do is say, God, I take you at your word. I have faith in you. I have faith in your word. And I know that because... Because of my faith, I'm overcoming this world. Glory to God. I didn't think I'd, I thought it was going to be more teaching today, but you know me. And as I brought this out last week, and this is so important to grab onto as well. This is not an option for us as Christians. I'm talking about faith. Living by faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. You know, Again, and I know I say this probably every time I read that scripture, or at least a lot of the time, I want to please God. I really, 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 really want to please Him. I want Him to look at me and be pleased. There's one way, according to the Bible, that's going to happen. To live by faith. Are you listening? To live by faith. 
For he who comes to God, now notice, must believe. Does that sound like there's an option there? There's a little wiggle room. But God, I, I just don't, I love you, but I really, I, I'm just having a hard time trusting in you right now. I, I'm having a hard time taking you at your word right now. I'm having a hard time really living by faith, okay? I mean, it's just too, Pastor Dan can do it. He's a pastor, but me, little old me, you know me. You, nobody knows the troubles I face. Oh, you do know? Oh, you do care? Oh, and you, you've provided for me a way to overcome them? But I don't know if I can believe that, God. I don't know if I can take you at your word, God. Do you, is that okay? No. I don't care where you're at in your walk with God. I don't care if you just got born again this morning. You have what it takes to overcome this world. And it's, it's oh, glory to God. I, I, it's sometimes you just want to open, open my heart up and let you see what, what God's trying to get across to you. Because sometimes I feel, I'm just going to be honest. It's not that I'm inadequate because I'm not. The anointing's on my life and that's what I'm preaching from. But sometimes in my mind, I feel inadequate about getting out what God's trying to get out through me. And I can't yield to that. I've got to trust the anointing to be able to get it out to you. Are you listening to me? But I am so convinced that living by faith is not a hard thing to do. In fact, I believe it's really easy for children of God. But what has happened is religion and, and religious teachings have made living by faith something so hard and so, something that only a few attain to. Hogwash! I told you the other day, last Sunday, I said, how do you, how do you live by faith when you, when you first get up? Why not first thing before you roll out of bed? Open your eyes up and say, I shall rejoice in this day and be glad in it, for this is the day the Lord has made. How hard is that to do? Well, I, I, I don't know if I feel like it, Pastor. It has nothing to do with your feelings, my little children. <laughs> it has nothing to do with that. We don't live by our feelings. We live according to the Word of God. And if we will practice what the Word is telling us to do, you're going to find out it gets easier and easier and easier. Hello? So it's not an option for us. But what has happened is that quick fix and get things quick mentality of the world has seeped into the body of Christ. And we have this notion that if God doesn't bring to pass in this natural realm what we're believing Him for right away, then we throw up our hands in disgust and say that this faith stuff doesn't work. Hold that back, Lord. In other words, we get frustrated. We get frustrated. Why hasn't it happened yet? Why hasn't it happened yet? Why hasn't it happened yet? And that should not be the case for us as Christians. You're listening. So there has to be an answer that can help us to go from frustration to faith. And that's the title of this message. From frustration to faith. How can we go from that state where we are not walking in faith, but we are being led around, for a lack of a better way of saying it, 
by our feelings. It's like the devil's got us by the nostrils and just pulling us through this, Lord, because of the different things that we're facing, the different things we're going through. Do you want that to happen? Do you want to live your life that way? I don't want to live in frustration. And I've recognized it all my life. And sometimes when I'm sitting there and all of a sudden it's just like, boom. If I'm in frustration, I'm not in faith. It's the truth. So how do we go from frustration to faith? Well, I'm glad you asked that question because the Lord has got something for you today. Hallelujah. Listen, the only way we're going to fulfill God's plan and purpose for our lives, and he has a plan and purpose for every single one of you in this room, and if we're going to take advantage of everything Jesus Christ did for us through his redemptive work, then it's going to, have to, it's going to take us living by faith. Not just occasionally operating in faith, but living by faith, walking by faith. Day by day by day by day. Amen. Now let me say this right up front. front. And these, I know these truths I'm fixing to share with you may not be these big deep revelations. But I guarantee you it will help you in your faith walk if you get a hold of these truths. First of all, you must understand that faith has absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing to do with what we can see or feel out here in this natural realm. In other words, faith has nothing to do with our senses. I can give you example after example of people I've prayed for, and the first thing they do is they say something along these lines, I don't feel any different. Okay? Who cares? Is that being mean? Or am I trying to focus them to their hearts? I'm trying to get them to understand how they are feeling and what they may be seeing does not impact whether they're in faith or not. Are you understanding what I'm saying here? What we can see, how we feel, whatever our five senses may be telling us has no impact whether we're walking in faith or not. Hello? Are you with me? Faith has nothing to do with our senses. Faith has nothing to do with our minds. Faith is of the heart. Faith is of the spirit. In fact, the Apostle Paul calls it the spirit of faith in 2 Corinthians 4.13. And secondly, we are called to base what we do, in other words, our actions, upon our faith. Upon what we believe based upon the word of God and not by our circumstances or our feelings. If we're being led around, led around this life, if we're allowing ourselves to be led around in this life by how we feel, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get on what's called the roller coaster of life. You're going to be up and you're going to be down. And you're going to be up and you're going to be all around. And it's going to be like that throughout your life. How you feel is going to determine how you live. And that's not the way we're supposed to live as Christians. That's not living by faith. Hello? All right. Glory to God. So if we are to walk by faith every day, that means we have to rely on the Lord. Now get this, all the time. 
We're called to rely on the Lord all the time. In other words, we must always believe in and trust in who he is. We must always believe in and trust in who he is, his character, and his, his, his nature. And we must always believe in and trust in what he says. His holy written word and what he speaks to our hearts by the Spirit. And friends, we're called to live this day, live this way every day. Again, 24-7, 365 days out of the year. We're called to live that way. But as I've already stated, this isn't the case with so many Christians. Instead of living this way, instead of living by faith, and be, uh, 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 people are controlled and consumed by their problems and their circumstances. And because this is the case, so many Christians are living their lives just like those out there in the world without Christ, full of frustration and angst. Now listen, one minister said it this way. My people, this is, uh, said it this way. This is what the Lord spoke to his heart. My people are in frustration. They are not in faith. And the Lord went on to tell them why. My people are so consumed with their problems and their circumstances that they are frustrated. Well, thank God he didn't just point that out and leave it at that. No, our loving God went on to tell them what Christians need to do in order to stay out of frustration and get over into faith. He said to this minister, if my people will get consumed with hope, they will find themselves operating in faith. Did you hear that? Why? Because faith is motivated by our hope. Frustration is motivated by our problems. Boy, you should take that down and write it in, write it in your Bible. Faith is motivated by our hope. Mm. Frustration is motivated by our problems. Think about what a Hebrew... In fact, just go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. I want you to look upon this. I'm going to read this from three different translations. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. The Amplified says it this way. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for. Being the proof of things we do not see. And the conviction of the reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Boy, isn't that good? And then the Passion Translation says, now faith, I like this, faith brings our hopes into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It's all the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Glory to God. So what is this verse saying to us? If we're to operate in real, genuine Bible faith, then we're going to have to first have hope. Why? Because faith gives substance to things hoped for. Faith gives substance to things hoped for. In other words, without any hope, 
without any hope, there is nothing for our faith to go after. Listen, in other words, hope is what is the goal that we're striving for. Hope is the vision God has for your life. Hope is the dreams God has given to you. Hope is the revelation of what God said he would do for me. Friends, if our faith is well grounded in Bible hope, it will go out and get whatever we need and bring it back into our lives. Unfortunately, way too many Christians are trying to release their faith when their faith has nothing to go after. I never heard it said that way before, but man, that is so true. Think of it this way. Sherry, I don't know if she's done it this today or not, but she likes to bring her dog. Did you bring your dog with you today? And she likes to bring it, and she likes to, Big Dave likes to go out there with the dog. <laughs> and, and what he does, he takes that ball and he flings it. And guess what that dog does? That dog takes off after that ball, even if Big Dave throws it in the pond. That dog is after that ball. And that dog brings it back to him. Now, I want you to think of it this way. The dog represents our faith. We could call him faith dog. And the ball represents our hope. We can call it our hope ball. We need to take our hope, our God-given plans and dreams, and throw it. And when we do, our faith, our faith dog, now has something to go after. But what if Big Dave just sat there and never threw that ball? What would faith dog do? Yeah, bark and bark and bark some more. But that dog would just sit there and do nothing. And that's exactly what happens with so many Christians. Their faith sits at their feet just like a dog until it has something to fetch. In other words, faith cannot run after something and grab onto it and bring it back to you if there's nothing for it to go after. I'm making this as simple as I can, people. Now get this. One definition of, for hope, you've probably heard this before, is confident expectation. So with that definition for hope, we could read uh, Hebrews 11.1 1, this way. Faith is the substance of what I confidently expect God to do for me. In other words, our hope gives us something to confidently expect. We confidently expect that what God has promised us, he will do for us. Amen. Now, as most of you know, I love Papacitos. I have talked to you about Papacitos. Probably the majority of you have never even heard of Papacitos. Pastor Dan stood before you and talked about Papacitos. But when I talk about Papacitos, you're probably thinking to yourselves, man, if I could ever get to Texas. I would drive, and I would drive, and I would drive. I'm, I'm, I'm just change. I'll put myself in that. I see Mark back there shaking his head, and that's okay. He can go eat at McDonald's. I'm going to drive and drive and drive till I get to Papacitos. <laughs> I mean, I would drive for miles. I would pass up all these other different kinds of restaurants to get to Papacitos. Why? 
Because I confidently expect that when I find a Papacitos and I go into that restaurant, I'm going to be able to get those fajitas. They're going to come out sizzling. They're going to come out with those homemade flour tortillas. They're going to come out with all that wonderful, scrumptious food. I'm going to roll it up and I'm going to bite it and enjoy every last drop of it. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> In other words, get this my faith keeps me driving till I find papacitos because I confidently expect to experience those fajitas. <laughs> but what if I had never had those fajitas before? What if I had never been to papacitos? Never heard of it. Would I be driving mile after mile after mile to get to some place that I don't even know exists? Obviously not. Friends, if I never had an expectation of biting into those delicious fajitas, I would have nothing to drive mile after mile to get to and to reach out and bring to me, would I? And what a sad man I would be. <laughs> Thank God, I, I know it sounds funny. But isn't that how so many Christians are living today? If you don't have something that they are, if you don't have something, if they are, don't. <laughs> it's always wonderful to stand up and your tongue gets a little tongue tied. Yes. If people don't have something that they're confidently expecting, a God-given dream, a God-given vision, plan, something they have need of that Jesus once again has made available for them, then they don't have anything that their faith can give substance to. Did you hear that? And it's so sad because so many Christians live their entire lives here on this earth with little to no expectations. They just get up, they go to work or school, return home, go to bed and then get, get back up and go through the motions once again. So what are your expectations? What kind of vision are you striving for? What are you confidently expecting God to do for you? My friends, God has a vision for you. And God wants you to confidently expect Him to bring it to pass in your life. He wants you to confidently expect for him to help you bring it to pass. Are you hearing me? Listen to this definition of hope. Hope also means to anticipate something with pleasure. So we could read Hebrews 11.1 1 this way. Faith is the substance of those things we're anticipating with pleasure that God will do for us. In other words... Hope causes me to eagerly wait for God to bring my dreams and visions to pass, and I will do so with joy and excitement. Think of it this way. Our hope is like a Christmas present sitting under the tree a week before Christmas with your name on it. How many can remember how it was when you were a kid? How many can remember, boy, you went over to those gifts that were underneath. I mean, Riley and James, they still do this today. 
more James than Riley, I guess. <laughs> you know you love getting gifts. <laughs> but, but, you know, as a kid, when, you know, it had your name on it. And you'd already been telling mom and dad what you wanted. You'd already filled their ear with what you wanted. And so you would go up to find that gift. And boy, you'd lift it up and say, oh, my goodness gracious. It's about the right size. I'm shaking it. You feel how heavy it is? You're getting excited. You're excited. You're anticipating with great pleasure Christmas morning because you're going to get to open that gift up. <laughs> Listen, all of those packages with your name on them are your hope. You confidently expect and anticipate with great pleasure what's in those boxes will soon be in your hands. And your hands that you use to pick them up and bring them to you and then open them up so you can experience what's in them is your faith. Did you see that? So what's in your package that's all wrapped up for you with your name on it, written with the blood of Jesus, and sits under that tree, the cross, Calvary. If your hope is healing, then you should begin to anticipate it with pleasure. You should confidently expect to open it up and receive what's in it, the healing of your physical body. My friends, just like real Bible faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God, so does hope. So does real genuine Bible hope. And just like we need to build up our faith on the word, you need to also build up your hope on the word. Did you hear that? If you need to gain confidence, excuse me, bottom line is you need to gain confidence that God said it's yours and it's yours right now. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. My friends, listen. If your body's experiencing pain and you're, I mean, you're hurting real bad, what you've got to learn to do is you've got to be, begin to anticipate pleasure with pleasure doing what everyone else can do without any pain. Did you hear how I said that? And then confidently expect it to happen. Get so excited about it that when you wake up in the morning, even when your body's still screaming out in pain, you raise up your hands and begin to rejoice. You get excited. You're getting excited. Glory to God. Healing belongs to you. Jesus has already made a way for you to be healed. Not just every now and then, but you can live as the healed of the Lord. Hallelujah. And it gets you excited. Glory to God. And then when you get to a certain place, and you'll know, you can reach out. Pull that box to you, that box, and you can rip it up and rip it open with your hands of faith and receive the healing that is yours, that's been bought for you through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. Woo, hallelujah. Listen, your presents are all under that tree, under the cross of Calvary. What are you waiting for? You don't have to wait to Christmas to open up these gifts. They already belong to you every single day. They, those gifts are now yours. They've been purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. All you need to do is build up your hope 
and build up your faith by seeing what Jesus has done for you. That healing is now yours. Deliverance is now yours. Divine provision is now yours. Freedom is now yours. Wisdom is now yours. And everything else that you need to live successfully and live victoriously in this life, it's now yours. All you have to do now is reach out with your hands of faith, bring it to you, open it up, and receive what God has already bought for you. Woo, that's some good news. But in order for this to work for you, you have got to keep your focus on Jesus and everything he's done for you and not on your problems. Not on those aches and pains in your body. Not on what you see, not on what you're hearing, not how you feel. Your focus cannot be on those things. Because if your focus is on those things, you're going to end up in frustration. And you're going to end up worrying and wondering, is this going to work for me? But if you keep your focus on Jesus, if you keep your focus on what he's promised you in his word, Friends, I'm telling you, something happens, something happens, something happens. You begin to see all that Jesus Christ has done for you, and you realize that package under that tree does have my name on it. Whoo, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Keep your focus on your hope. Keep your focus on everything Jesus has accomplished for you. Be confidently expecting God to move on your, ha- ha- on your behalf. Because if you keep your focus on God's plan and purpose for your life, it won't be long until you reach out with your hands of faith and you bring it to you and you begin to experience it right here in this natural realm. Can I share one more thing with you? Friends, in 2008, back at the beginning of this church, someone blessed this church with $32,000. $32,000. I mean, we, Joni and me, Pastor Joni and me, we rejoice. We are so grateful. And from that time, we began to confess from our mouths. Because we had been taught by Brother Hagin, once you attain to one level, it's time to go to the next level. And we began to confess from our mouths that someone is going to give this church a $50,000 offer. And we've been doing that for 10 years. And we've been saying it from our mouth for 10 years. That's a long time, isn't it? That's a long time. Now, we had other good offerings come in. Don't get me wrong. But we kept on saying, someone's going to give this church $50,000. And all of a sudden, there's a package sitting right there had our name on it our name signed with the blood of Jesus and I went up to that package I've been confessing it I've been believing God for it I've been saying it for 10 years 10 years and I opened that package up and guess what was in it a $50,000 check don't you tell me it doesn't work don't you tell me it doesn't work See, someone, a long time ago, someone said this. I heard this. I think it was Brother Keith Moore. When you believe for something big, 
You better be ready to, to be, you be. You better be ready to stand a long time. And it's not often that someone walks up and, and, and gives you a, a fifty thousand dollar check, is it? But we got one. Celebration of Life Church, fifty thousand dollars. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so what are we going to do now? You want to know what we're going to do? We're going up to the next level. We're going to start believing and confessing for $100,000. The same God who brought us those $32,000 and the same God who brought us those $50,000 and the same God who, who has brought us all those other wonderful offerings down through the years is the same God who's going to bless us with $100,000 and then we're going to keep on taking it up higher and higher. I mean, Brother Hagen got to the point where he was believing someone to give his church $4 million and someone walked in, gave him two checks, $2 million, $2 million equals $4 million. I don't know about you, but I would be one happy camper. <laughs> Glory to God. So you see, when you stick with it, you have something that you're shooting for. You're having something you're constantly expecting. And then you reach out with your hand of faith and you bring it to you. It's now yours. You know it's yours. Glory to God. But you got to have something to shoot for. That's why you got to get in the Bible and see what God has done for you. Find out that healing belongs to you right now. Find out that deliverance belongs to you right now. Find out that divine provision belongs to you right now. All of the other wonderful promises of God are ours right now. We got that biblical hope, we got that confident expectation. And if the devil's stupid enough to try to bring sickness on us, stupid devil. All we got to do is go through all of our gifts. Oh, there's, there's, there's divine provision, or there's, there's, there's divine wisdom, there's divine this. Oh, oh, there it is. Healing. There's my name on it. Glory to God. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Healed. Boy, are you guys catching this? I'm breaking it down. I'm giving you example after example. I'm hoping I'm making it easy for you to see. I don't want a bunch of Christians running around in this church frustrated. Because listen, if you really are in faith, I'm getting way ahead of myself in this teaching, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. Because if you're really operating in faith, you're going to be full of joy. And you're going to be full of peace. No matter what you see or how you feel. And no matter how long it takes. I'm going to tell you something. The, I've, I've shared this with you just recently. The finances of this church, we have, it, I mean, it was like, Joan and he, I'm looking at her and I'm saying, babe, this is where we're at. This is what we can do. This is, you know, and it wasn't looking so hot in the natural. But you know what I did? I kept on saying, God, I trust you. I keep kept saying, God, someone's bringing us a one-time offering of $50,000. I kept at it. I refused to give in to what I saw. I refused to give, give in to how I, I, what I was looking at. I refuse to believe anything in this natural realm because what's in this natural realm is subject to change. It can be changed by the beautiful, wonderful, powerful Word of God. And all I know is this. If you stick with it, God is faithful to look over His Word to perform it in your lives, just like what He did for us. Hallelujah. 
If you're going to be believing big, and I'm, I want you to be believing big, be ready to stand. And keep standing. But keep confessing it. Don't let go of it. You know, one of the things, and again, I'm getting, I'm, it's all right. I'm just going to flow with the Holy Spirit here. One of the things the Lord reminded me of is when we sold our house over in Missoula. I've shared that with you before. The Lord had, had us, I'm mean, almost done. The Lord just had me share this real quick. The Lord had us, Joan and me, we, we drew up a petition before God. And this is what we were believing for. That we were going to get the absolute best price for our home. And that we we're going to sell the house quickly, and that the people who bought it would accept our terms. We had to have an, a, what they call an addendum. I don't remember what the t- legal terminology is. But the, the bottom line is, is we would sell the house because we were going to sell it quickly, but we weren't going to leave until August, which is probably about another, because this was in January. So what is that, eight months down the road, seven months down the road? Something along those lines. So those three things were our big things that we were believing. But what we did, and this is what the Lord showed me yesterday is we took a picture of our house and we put on this house sold and we were and we put down and we we this is the truth we told the realtor this is what we're believing god this is what we're believing for this amount of money and he said to us no 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 that's ten thousand dollars too much and i said no 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 that's what god told me to believe for and we had it on this, uh, this picture in my office, had it before us, and every time we went by it, we just said, you're sold in Jesus' name. We're going to get the best price in Jesus' name. You're going to sell quickly in Jesus' name. Well, the house across the street from us had been on, been on the market for a year, had not gotten hardly any bites at all. So in the natural, it didn't look good. But you know what ended up happening? People began to fight over our house. They came to us on, on Sunday, knocked on our door. This one couple showed up and said, we want this house. We're going to give you the exact price you're asking for. Oh, that kind of put it on that realtor, didn't it? And, and, and so and, and, and in less than a week's time, we got the best price. Obviously, it was very quick, and they agreed to our terms. Glory to God. But what the Lord showed me, and this is so important, uh, we, Pastor Joan and me, we kept it before us. We kept it before us. It was always something we were looking at. I went into my office probably every day, and I'd slap that picture. Joan would come into that office, and she would slap that picture. Call it sold in Jesus' name. And uh, See what I'm saying? You keep it before you. Because you, otherwise you begin to look at the situation. You begin to look at the circumstances. You begin to look at the challenge. You begin to look at your problems. Don't do that. Keep your focus on what you're believing God for. Keep your focus on what he's already said is yours. Keep your focus on him. And frustration will stay outside. And then glory to God, it's not going to be too long before you reach out with your hands of faith, bring that to you, and you can experience it in this natural realm. From frustration to faith. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We love you and we praise you. Glory to your name, Jesus. What a good God you are. I cannot express to you enough how thankful I am that you are my God. I cannot thank you enough for what you've done for this church.